If you're tired of these promos, regular supporters get the podcast early and ad-free. Just go to donate.bogosity.tv and sign up for Patreon or Subscribestar at any level. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of May 24th, 2020. The podcast that's infected, injected, inspected, detected, neglected, and selected. This is your host, Shane Killian. Let's co-locate the news of the bogus. So we've been covering a lot of the unintended consequences of the response by governments to the COVID-19 pandemic, especially that of shutting down so-called non-essential businesses with no idea of how interconnected economics teaches us it all is. It's really terrible when it's hospitals losing revenue and having to lay off staff at a time when they're needed the most. Governments have been requiring that hospitals shut down these non-essential services, causing healthcare spending to fall 18% in the first three months, and 1.4 million healthcare workers lost their jobs in April alone. Nearly 135,000 of them were in hospitals. The American Hospital Association estimated that U.S. hospitals and healthcare systems would be losing $200 billion in the four-month period between March and June, $160 billion of which is from elective procedures. And this is what economically ignorant politicians don't understand. The non-essential procedures help pay for the essential ones. Turns out, the reason why we spend such a big share of our GDP in healthcare is because of these elective procedures which hospitals use to cover the costs of more vital procedures, especially emergency procedures. Now the only people coming in are COVID patients and emergencies, with the revenue to cover them all being shut off. According to AHA Executive Vice President Tom Nichols, quote, all of the so-called elective surgery, hips and knees and cardiac, etc., are no longer being done in most institutions around the country. They're still having to have their institutions open. They are still caring for people who come in. They are still taking care of COVID-19. But that's an enormous amount of lost revenue. That is certainly an existential threat, and I think it will threaten the ability of some of these hospitals to remain open. And mostly, he says, it'll affect hospitals in lower income and rural areas. So the $100 billion provider relief fund the federal government has been distributing is going to fall well short of what is required to keep hospitals solvent, and only $10 billion of it is allocated for rural hospitals and pandemic hotspots. The Economic Policy Institute has estimated that this has resulted in 13 million Americans losing their employer-sponsored health care. That means that when they do need emergency procedures, they're going to be less equipped to cover it, making the problem for hospitals much worse. And the nurses that are left are having to work additional tasks to what was an already grueling job, not only more nursing tasks like phlebotomy or drawing labs, but also things like janitorial duties and answering phones because the people who normally do those tasks have been laid off. And it even includes tasks that require skills they haven't been trained for, like orthopedics. But while politicians, pundits, and statists of all stripes are whining that more government funding is needed, apparently no one is considering that what we need is people who can afford it spending money on these so-called non-essential procedures, giving hospitals the resources they need to get them through the pandemic. 
And who wants to bet scumbag pseudo-economists like Robert Reich are going to be calling this a market failure and using it to call for more government intrusion into healthcare? Because that's what those sociopaths always do. Ads are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now. So we've talked before about the possibility of 3D printed guns and how they make authoritarian politicians pee their little panties. Most of the attention was given to the Liberator, the proof-of-concept firearm released in 2013 by Cody Wilson and his firm Defense Distributed. It's taken seven years, but it looks like the theory and the prototyping might just have been made practical by a different development group, Deterrence Dispensed, with their 3D printed firearm, the FGC-9, a 9mm semi-automatic. The firearm isn't fully 3D printed, but the non-printable parts are all commonly available, unregulated materials like bolts and springs. It's designed to be assembled by people with minimal gun building experience and avoids using parts restricted by law in the US and Europe. The anonymous designer, European J Stark 1809, said, quote, Frustrated by not being able to acquire and bear firearms because of regulations and tyrannical laws, I embarked on the journey to learn to produce my own firearms. It isn't just the FGC-9. Deterrence Dispense provides plans for all sorts of weapons, like the Glock 17, the AK-47, and even High Point, which can be fashioned at home using 3D printed and factory parts. But many of the parts are regulated, and in many jurisdictions outright restricted. And more generally, most 3D printed guns available online are just frames or receivers that are completed using factory parts that cannot easily be made at home. These so-called ghost guns are made without serial numbers, registration, or any other documentation, which is what's causing so many lefties to get their panties in a bunch. They can't stand the idea of people gaining the means of defending themselves without them nosing in on it. And also, potentially, they could regulate or require registration or serial numbers on those other parts as well. But the FGC-9 has no such limitation. No regulations can restrict this weapon without restricting either 3D printers as a whole or basic hardware parts. And since its plans and documentation is shared over the library protocol, it's distributed using a peer-to-peer -peer blockchain distribution that cannot be blocked by any authority. There's no centralized server to take down, no one to issue a court order against. Cody Wilson told the government they couldn't put the genie back into the bottle. They didn't listen and tried everything to act against him, including trumping up child abuse charges as we covered when their legitimate efforts against him failed in court. As they were wasting time and taxpayer money doing all of this, 
the deterrence dispense group was being formed to simply avoid any possibility of this. Members are anonymous or pseudonymous, completely decentralized, and not dependent on any one member or group of members. They've amassed a library of 3D printed gun plans including Glocks, AR-15s, Rugers, S&Ws, and more, including full auto conversions. There's no name, address, license, taxpayer identification number, fulfillment center, or anything of the sort. Currently, there are something like 7,000 members all participating in the public chat. The phrase, you can't stop the signal, originated in the movie Serenity because even though you can stop a person, you cannot stop information once it's out there. Now that 3D printing is taking the signal and making it tangible, once anything you can transmit through information can be easily replicated physically, there's nothing government will ever be able to do to stop people from getting anything they want. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pagosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. A while back, we covered the story of cops turning their backs on a stranded motorist solely to go after a driver who gave them the finger, and the North Carolina Court of Appeals decided, hey, that's fine. Bill of Rights? Never heard of it. They also apparently hadn't heard of the numerous court precedents saying that this is protected free speech under the First Amendment. Fortunately, the state Supreme Court has and has issued a ruling reversing the appeals court decision, quote, the fact that Trooper Stevens was unsure of whether defendant's gesture may have been directed at another vehicle. Oh yeah, let me remind you of this. The court, facing incredible opposition from pretty much everywhere, revised their opinion a few days later saying that, although, okay, it was protected to give the finger to a cop, it wasn't protected to give the finger to anyone else or indeed to no one at all. Simply unbelievable. Anyway does not, on its own, provide reasonable suspicion the defendant intended to or was plainly likely to provoke violent retaliation from another driver. Likewise, the mere fact the defendant's gesture changed from waving to flipping the bird is insufficient to conclude defendant's conduct was likely to cause a breach of the peace. Based on the facts in the record, we are unable to infer that, by gesturing with his middle finger, defendant was intending to or was likely to provoke a violent reaction from another driver that would cause a breach of the peace. Thus, we conclude that it was error for the trial court to find that there was reasonable suspicion of disorderly conduct to justify the stop. 
One reason for their decision was likely the sheer number of precedents, but another may have been the fact that the government declined to present any arguments at all defending Trooper Stevens, essentially hanging him out to dry. Quote, in its brief here, the state acknowledges that its sole argument in the Court of Appeals involved the community caretaking exception and that the court unanimously rejected that argument. In fact, the state agrees that the specific, articulable facts in the record do not establish reasonable suspicion for the crime of disorderly conduct. This means that the trial court is empowered to grant the motion to suppress in the case, but unfortunately they didn't go so far as to say that giving cops the finger is always protected speech. They also didn't rule that it wasn't a justification for a demand of identification, and North Carolina isn't a stop-and-identify state. But they do make it clear that it doesn't constitute reasonable suspicion. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to retro-incarnate this week's Biggest Bogan Emitter. So, with everything we talked about in the first segment, you'd think people would like the fact that rich people like Elon Musk are stepping forward to donate much-needed supplies such as ventilators to hospitals. But fake news outlet CNN is never one to shy from telling a lie about a rich guy to gain clicks. CNN reported... Three weeks after Tesla CEO Elon Musk said he had obtained more than a thousand ventilators to help California hospitals treating patients infected with the coronavirus, the governor's office says none of the promised ventilators have been received by hospitals. Musk responded, What I find most surprising is that CNN still exists. CNN based their claim on a statement from California's Office of Emergency Services which said, Musk and his team told the state that he had procured ventilators and wanted to distribute them directly to hospitals with shortages. The administration is communicating every day with hospitals across the state about their ventilator supply, and to date we have not heard of any hospital system that has received a ventilator directly from Tesla or Musk. And so CNN's Matt Dornick tweeted, Weird to attack CNN from what the CA governor's office said, especially when your own spokespeople at Tesla didn't respond to requests for comment. Seems like your outrage should be directed at the entity that made the claim, not the one that reported it. You new to this? Of course, as we just heard, that wasn't what the office claimed, but Musk responded, Perhaps you're unaware that Twitter has a search function? The hospitals themselves acknowledged receipt of ventilators. 
What followed was a deluge of evidence that hospitals have received the ventilators, including screenshots of emails from L.A. County, Mammoth Hospital, and Mount Sinai Hospital. He and others also responded with retweets of thanks to him, which included pictures of the ventilators from Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital, Hackensack Meridian, Dr. Adams Waldorf, Ocean Medical Center, Columbia Medicine, UCLA Health, and the manufacturer Medtronic. He also gave a partial list of hospitals and the quantity of ventilators they received and tweeted, These were based on direct requests from their ICU wards with exact specifications of each unit provided before shipment. Fox News reached out to CNN for a comment, but they didn't respond. They also didn't seem eager to respond on Twitter. By the way, CNN, how many ventilators did you donate? Elon Musk dropping receipts, proving that only CNN could be this week's biggest bogan emitter. I want to tell you about the eyeglasses I've been wearing for years. As people can see on my videos, I have a very strong prescription, which makes glasses more expensive, especially when I need computer glasses, reading glasses, prescription sunglasses, and most expensively, progressive lenses for general everyday wear. To save money while still getting quality glasses, I get them from Fermu. In fact, I just got a pair of progressives with high-index aspherical lenses and a nice pair of frames my wife loves for just over $100. It would have been $500 to get them through my eye doctor. Not only do they look good, the glasses are durable. I've worn many pairs for several years without problems. All orders come with a 30-day return policy, a 3-month warranty, and one-on-one customer service. Go to Firmu, that's F-I-R-M-O-O dot Bogosity dot TV, anytime you need quality glasses at a low price. Once again, that's Firmu dot Bogosity dot TV. And now a special treat, the second Silver Cluon winner for 2020. I just love this ruling from the Wisconsin State Supreme Court. They overturned the state's COVID-19 lockdown, causing the governor to pitch a little fit and say that they, quote, have thrown the state into chaos. He didn't say whether the chaos was the full Mandelbrot set or just the Nautilus section. So you may have heard of this thing called the First Amendment. It guarantees this thing called the right of the people to peaceably assemble. The governor apparently hasn't. Anyway... Emergency Order 28 is considered by the Secretary of Health Services to be an order when it is, in fact, a rule since it has the force of law. But there are statutory requirements for emergency rulemaking, and she didn't go through those. So the question is, can the executive branch just do whatever they feel like, or are they actually constrained by legislative limits to their authority, especially the Secretary, in this case, since she is unelected? Her order banned all travel except for what she considered non-essential. And we just saw the problems with that, didn't we? So the legislature filed a lawsuit against her, accusing her of, quote, "...violating state law by extending the governor's emergency rules, exceeded her authority by closing businesses and locking down individuals, acting arbitrarily and capriciously in her order, and usurping the legislature's oversight powers." They ruled that, while the health department does have the authority to quarantine specific people suspected of being infected, you can't do that to just anyone without reasonable suspicion. This is the part that made me punch the air. 
when they, in quoting Ex parte Milligan, said that what the governor was doing was a different kind of anarchy. The rule of law is supposed to apply to officials as well as the people. That's what the Constitution is all about, both state and federal. I've been saying this for decades. If politicians can do what they want, ignoring the law, then what we have is political anarchy. So anyone who complains about anarchy but supports this kind of unilateral action is nothing short of a hypocrite. One more faith quote from the concurring opinion. It is especially in times of emergency that we must protect the rights of the people, lest we establish a dangerous precedent, empowering less benevolent government officials in the future to oppress the people in the name of exigency. And bonus points for quoting Thomas Paine as well. So, Wisconsin Supreme Court, enjoy your shiny new silver clue on. Just make sure you wear gloves when handling it. There's a pandemic on, you know. Do you have children or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain or regulations passed in the name of safety and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. And now let's colloidify this week's Idiot And for the fourth time, it goes to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You know that champion of the people who insists that the rich should pay their fair share in taxes? Rich people like her? Rich people like her who run businesses? Who, by the way, owes thousands of dollars in back taxes from her business that she refuses to pay? In 2012, she formed a failed publishing company, Brook Avenue Press, and years later is still opposing the $2,000 tax bill. The state dissolved the company in October 2016 for not paying taxes that had been accruing for the previous three years, a bill that has grown to $2,088.78. This came out just days after she told Bill Gates and other billionaires that, instead of donating to help coronavirus, they should just pay more taxes. So, yet another example of a hypocrite politician wanting other people to pay for what they say people owe. Rules for thee, not for me. Um, yeah, short segment. But what more needs to be said, other than to name Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez this week's... Idiot Extraordinaire! 
Well, that wraps up this Search the Sum in a Batch edition of the Bogosity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please keep this podcast going by subscribing and supporting in one of several different ways you can find at donate.bogosity.tv, including PayPal, cryptocurrency, or subscribing at Patreon or Subscribestar to listen early and ad-free. Also, please come to discord.bogosity.tv where you can join the discussion and post a question, statement, news article, or rant. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's a quote from PJ O'Rourke. In fact, safety has no place anywhere. Everything that's fun in life is dangerous. Attempt to design a safe horse, and the result is a cow. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. are annoying, but ad blockers prevent publishers from making money. What if you could support your favorite websites, YouTube creators, Twitch streamers, social accounts, and many more ad-free and without paying anything, and even make some money yourself? It's not a pipe dream, it's airtime. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and get the browser extension and you'll earn cryptocurrency for the sites you visit, and so will the publisher. This is not a crypto miner. You and the publisher will both get part of the reward from current miners of the BitTube cryptocurrency, with no middleman taking a cut. Even if the publisher hasn't signed up yet, his tube will be put into a dedicated wallet that he can claim upon sign-up. You can also use your tube to tip publishers and even purchase products. Airtime monetizes users and publishers with no ads or crypto miners. Go to airtime.bogosity.tv and start making money now.